0: Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, my monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. Shows produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here on the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number one hundred and eighteen, the Foxy Podcast show. Hope you're all doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. Behind me right now you're hearing the track, This Fantasy is Unhealthy, from the first release by the Korea Undock group that came out in 2015. From its beginnings, the Winnipeg-based Korea Undock group has maintained a bit of a cryptic presence. The name, being lifted from a spam email service, is applied to both the label and one of its core recording projects the label has established a striking black and white xeroxed visual aesthetic that harkens back to the early diy punk and industrial eras has gathered together a roster of artists that deal in obscured heavily tape saturated sounds to achieve various musical end results and in 2016 the uk label penultimate press released an lp compilation some of Korea Undock Group's earliest output. And on this installment of the podcast, I had a chance to speak with Sam N, the driving force behind Korea Undock Group. We discuss some of the details surrounding the label and project, and some of the forthcoming releases that they have in the works. We also get a chance to hear a decent overview of the label's back catalog and some forthcoming material too you'll find that many questions are answered, yet several remain as it should be. Before we get into the interview segments, though, I thought I'd play some tracks from a few of those early releases on the label, starting with this one here from Sargasso C's RBC Royal Bank release. It's a track called Patria. It's been noted elsewhere and mentioned in our correspondence prior to this interview that the name Korea Undock Group comes from some spam email uh, that you received. And, And you've taken this and you've used it as both the name of the label and as one of the recording projects on the label. So for you, was there a conscious decision from the outset to maybe obscure the details surrounding artist and label? and play around with this idea of the korea undock group has maybe just that this group that has affiliate artists and working under this banner
1: yeah like i i absolutely think that i I don't know i kind of wanted to leave room for uh, uh people to get involved because when i when i started it was just it was more like masking. Like I wanted it to look a lot bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I've always wanted it to be very open to who is participating in what. So group title allows for that pretty easily.
0: Right, right. Well, in an interview uh, for, for damning the zine that uh, comes out uh, to Sweden, you mentioned that you, you came from a punk music background and that, the label and group was really an attempt to start something new musically. I was just wondering, was connecting with an audience and finding an outlet for this new material something that took you a while to establish? I mean, were you following and paying attention to other tape labels kind of operating in a similar vein?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'd, uh, I was really... I was pretty nervous about, and like pretty camera shy, about kind of getting... Getting that music out there, so it took me ages to find yeah find people that I thought would be interested in what I was doing. Like nobody I knew at the time liked the same kind of music really that I liked. So I didn't really know how to how to de- like get in touch with people. It yeah it made for a very very slow slow start. Sure,
0: sure. How how long kind of prior to those early releases did it take? I mean, were you recording stuff well before uh, sort of that initial batch of tapes came out?
1: Yeah, I think uh, almost, not a year, probably a good like nine months before I, the first person I contacted actually was, uh, was Tom <laughs> from Crisis of Taste. He was the first guy I found who was like, oh, this seems like somebody who maybe, you know, is kind of interested in similar things. But yeah, it was like probably nine months after having recorded a lot of that material that I finally actually reached out to somebody about checking it out.
0: That's funny because Tom was the first person that told me about Korea undock group. I think before he even received the first tapes, he was saying, Hey, this is something you might want to check out. And I remember going to Winnipeg that summer and a- asking a few people like, Hey, what what's up with this tape label <laughs> called Korea undock group? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, yeah, of course, wow. nobody had really heard of it at the time. So, but yeah, yeah. That, that was my first person to tip me off to that as well.
1: I think if you came to Winnipeg, you would still get, get that. <laughs> yeah.
0: similar similar reaction, huh? What is that, right? Nope. <laughs> well, what what drew you towards making and releasing more abstract music? I mean, do you feel like Korea Undock Group? is a bit of a, a continuation of what you were doing previously uh, or musically, or was this sort of a clean break, a total fresh start for you? Uh,
1: I guess it, it, uh, maybe maybe a bit of a clean break. I mean, not that I just sort of dropped everything I was doing before, but, you know, I, I definitely wanted to just start something that was completely isolated, you know, even in terms of, like, you know, my own personal experience, like something that's very uh, contained. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like there was a bit of a continuation. I mean, it was a natural progression for me, but yeah, like I definitely wanted to take a big jump with something.
0: Right. Were most of these things then early on uh, primarily just so- solo outlets for you, or are you working on this in this sort of. Um, group context in in mind
1: uh <laughs> yeah like initially yeah definitely it was just a lone gunman but i don't know pretty quickly actually like i i got a couple other people helping me but um yeah definitely started just as a solo solo outlet at least on the first two tapes i put out mm-hmm
0: yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, those the ones that eventually formed uh, the Korea Undock Group release on Penultimate Press, which would be Korea Undock Group, Sargasso, Sea, Purple Circles. I mean, those, I assume, are primarily the things that you had a hand in. Were those, what you mentioned, at least a couple of them, one involved some other people too, huh?
1: Yeah. Um, like, Purple Circles isn't really anything I want to talk about. But That's fine, yeah. To be to be honest but yeah like Sargasso Sea was that was a project I did and the first Korean doc group tape is just was just me and I mean obviously I, I had a hand in I've had a hand in most most of the projects but sure
0: yeah. was that interesting to have a, a label like penultimate press taking an interest in in the label and the group in such an early stage i mean i I'm, I'm thinking for you you know you you mentioned it was a clean break a clean start and here's someone wanting to put out the earliest efforts that's got to be kind of an interesting uh i guess progression for you to take that jump into that
1: yeah that was that was pretty freaky yeah <laughs> I, I wasn't i didn't i didn't think i would even wanted to reissue it on tape again you know mm-hmm. so having uh, Mark reach out to me, it, like pretty early on, and just you know express a lot of interest in doing something like that. Was I, I don't know. It was, it was just it seemed like a really cool opportunity.
0: Right, right. And since since that release, now you have started to kind of branch out. Not everything is so self-contained and I guess this is a nice segue into talking about this first track that we're gonna play in this block of music this is new stuff from Korea undock group here from a new 7-inch single that came out recently on uh, the Swedish label IDC del Barone and I'm wondering is that has that been nice to kinda of similarly branch out and release stuff for other things where you don't feel like you have to you know maintain this certain thing just strictly for your label
1: yeah, yeah, it's nice being able to to branch out and, and work with other people, especially with records because records are <laughs> so so expensive. I don't want to pay for them uh, independently.
0: Yeah, but,
1: uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. It's nice.
0: Well, let's let's play the the A side from uh, this new one. This is called Continent again from Korea Undock Group. Going back to the idea of Korea Undot Group being a sort of kind of almost cryptic entity, you do use social media and and provide updates about the various activities happening in and around the label's network of artists, but you do so with a certain degree of anonymity and, and, and concision to what you post. And I was wondering, in an age where the impulse is to constantly be sharing details about any and everything related to one's output or outlook or whatever mundane aspects for that matter what sort of guides you're thinking about how you want to present Korea UNDOT group you know through online channels or just in general
1: I don't know I mean I always try to keep a lot of my online posting to like just you know the absolute like bare necessity like I try not to put too much schlock up on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like if I... So, I mean, it wouldn't... I guess it's sort of partially like maybe like a manifestation of the, the general approach, but overall, like just personally, I don't really like posting too much personal content or just content relating to things other than upcoming tapes or upcoming releases. So, yeah, it's more about kind of like the bare necessity
0: Right, do you find uh, and I have have this problem sometimes too where it's like sometimes with artists maybe artists that you even admire um, that do share and post so much that it starts to interfere with how you appreciate the work like it starts to taint the work do you do you have similar issues with that in terms of, Certain online presences, uh, a presence that they have, or certain artists have.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, people people are free to to do whatever and express themselves, however. But yeah, like I mean, I don't have a huge problem with how other people approach what they do, but it's just not it's not for me.
0: But, well, you, yeah, you've also established a very clear visual aesthetic for the label that, to me, kind of harkens back to early era era excuse me of diy and industrial music just this kind of obtuse black and white imagery so i was wondering do you handle the artwork for the label as well and do similar approaches guide your visual art decisions that go into how you uh kind of put together the label as a whole uh like we were just talking about kind of leaving things a little more open to interpretation or just the bare essentials
1: yeah I mean, definitely. As far as information that I choose to include, it it kind of goes back to just wanting to include bare essentials for what I think people would need to interact with it properly. I do do all the artwork, and most of that is just born out of not really being <laughs> not really being very good at making art, <laughs> so having to just kind of you know resort to photocopying and. Things, I mean, like like you said, like I'm from a punk background, so you know, using the photocopier is something I learned when I was like 15. You know, to right. make a tape for a band or make a poster or something. So,
0: yeah, but what was your progression? I mean, not to get into like too personal matters, but is like what what led you from punk to just making what I consider just like abstract. Um, you know, somewhat rhythmic music, but there's there's a huge leap there. I mean, was there a certain progression? I mean, was it just like finding an outlet for yourself that you could do on your own without having to, you know, wait for band members to show up or something like that?
1: Well, yeah, well, I was actually in a band, uh, and me, the guitarist and I in the band, Nathan, we were getting just kind of really sick of playing... Just, you know, punk songs or whatever. So we started just meeting up and kind of just going for, like, just totally free-form, like, almost like Harry Pussy style, like, jams. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I guess when that happened, I sort of really rethought how I approached making music independently. Because I would always just do your average guitar bass, drums you know, try to make a sick rock song. <laughs> and, yeah, I know, I it never really went anywhere with it, but after I started jamming, you know, with somebody that I, I got along with really well and doing really weird stuff, it made a lot of sense just to do that in my personal life too and, you know, independently.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, over the past year or so, you've, you have posted... Kind of the occasional update about live outings from artists within the Korea Undock group ranks and I was wondering at, at this point have, have all of the core groups I mean some of the things that you've had a hand in you know pr- uh, for example Korea Undock group or Sargasso Sea have those ever been or have you performed live uh, under those aliases at all?
1: I The only live show I think I've done or no I've done two but they were both one was a zika boys show and uh, the other one there's another band i don't think i we, i haven't put anything out by it but uh, Tangram ring did a did a show as well but none of none of the earlier projects that were kind of more active in like 2016 no there was never any live shows for it
0: just live performance in your uh, in your household by yourself right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you mentioned zika boys and I wanted to talk about some of the forthcoming things that you have coming out because you did send along some tracks that we could play. And one of those is a, a new Zika Boys 12-inch lathe. And you said <laughs> you're you're not a huge fan of putting out vinyl because the expense and, yeah. and, and lathes, of course, can be a little more pricey. But um, could you maybe explain some of the details surrounding that group? Uh, and maybe what made you want to leap into some sort of vinyl whether you know i know this is much more special edition type thing
1: well it's this is a, kind of a funny story and it all it all ties in but um zika boys started uh the group consists of me and then uh, uh pat clausen who did the Dogan lock project <clears throat> and <laughs> we we only started doing zika boys because pat when I first met him, he just approached me about wanting to do a record. So the only reason we started the whole project was so we could do, do a 12 a inch together. <laughs>
0: Got it. So now that it's done is, is the project essentially done then too, or what?
1: I don't know. Um, we, there, we actually, I'm planning a show right now. Um, that's going to be Zika boys and uh, world counselor. And I think, I think we're doing all new material for it, so I guess we're still going with it. But yeah, I think I kind of thought we were just going to dissolve it, but
0: <laughs> but it remains an open-ended concern at this point. Then,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And maybe we should speak about some of the details because the lathe you kind of had it as an open pre-order thing, and the number of orders that came in would form the press run that you were going to do. Correct? I mean, and that's since closed.
1: Yeah. Um, the reason being for that was we were, we were planning on doing like a, you know, like a hundred copies of just like a standard press record. But, you know, like it was just, it was just really unrealistically expensive. Right. And I kind of figured like, you know, I can press a hundred of these sell, you know, half of them or whatever, if I'm lucky and then sit on the other ones and, you know, just lose a ton of money. Or, you know, do it as a tape and as a a record and leave the record kind of open for people who specifically want it to get it. And then if they want to wait for something that's cheaper, you know, that that is that is their option, the tape version of it.
0: Oh, so I didn't even realize that there is there's a tape version coming out the same time than when you put out the lathe.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. okay cool.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we should mention before we get into this block of music, there are a couple other things you have, and and you could speak towards them. You have this release, and I'm going to play an excerpt from from Eric Tizu. Um, do you have like a timeline for this? Is this like the next spring batch? There's a uh, Eric Tizu, and then you have a compilation coming out called Cancer Pool, and I'm going to play a track from that one from a group Eggs or Angels Eggs, which you've actually put out some other stuff from. So are those kind of coming out at the same time?
1: Yeah, the uh, yeah I, I was going to do it this month, but I think I'm going to wait until the lathes actually get here so people can save on shipping. Right. Um, but yeah, Spring Batch, it's going to be the, uh, the Eric Taizu tape, uh, Cancer Pool Comp, uh, Zika Boys. And then uh, actually World Counselor is going to have a follow-up to his last tape as well. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. So that's and when like probably May-ish? is that a, the anticipated time frame? Would you say?
1: Yeah, I think like mid May probably. I I mean I always try to keep the dates for all this stuff pretty open so I can you know allow myself to to be a bit lazy. <laughs>
0: lazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. But uh, we're gonna play a track here from that Zika Boys release called Ancient Water and. I don't know if there's a specific track title. This is kind of the last section of side B. Is there a track listing or is it just side A, side B?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I sent you just the side A and side B. Yes, that track is called Tadpole Bed.
0: Okay, cool. Well, that's what we're going to play here, and then we'll head into some of those other uh, forthcoming things, and we'll come back and talk about any other future developments with, uh, within Korea Undock Group. So here's Zika Boys. Thank <laughs> you. Well, that last track that we played was something that you sent along to me. Uh, another unreleased piece from Korea Undock Group is called "Limp Body Falls into Fountain." And I kind of to finish things up here, I wanted to ask you about sort of uh, future activities surrounding the label and group. And I was wondering if that was something that was eventually going to appear on on, on a forthcoming release, or is that just something that's just kind of in the in the back burner, just kind of simmering for now?
1: Um, that'll probably end up on something. Like right now I'm kind of tied up doing, I can't talk too much about uh, th- those projects, but right now, yeah, I'm sitting on a lot of Korea Undock Group material. Mm-hmm. That I'm just sort of trying to or- organize and get ready for a few different releases. So that one should be on something, yeah.
0: Is there any other th- other things beyond like uh, what you had mentioned for spring? I mean, do you have a lot of things sort of in the docket for the remainder of uh, twenty eighteen at all?
1: Not really. Not for the label. Um, I the the batch of tapes I am doing, I think, is actually probably the last one I am going to do for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any plans to to do anymore. Yeah, there is like a few things, you know, that I just want to finish up recording and. It gets, like, it, yeah, organizing these, like, big, like, tape batches can get kind of, I don't know, time-consuming, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to cool it on doing doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting. One of the last shows that I did was with Chris Cole, who sort of resides in your area here and there. And yeah. And she organizes the Send and Receive Festival. And I was wondering if, you know, if that, if, if you've had any... Uh, interactions with that festival over the years uh being that you reside in Winnipeg also
1: yeah never on like not once i mean i have a i have a friend who who does the sound for for the festival named Joel i think he's on the maybe on the board okay festival or something but uh he he asked me once really vaguely about a show, but he never gave me the details and like never followed up. And that was like a year ago. So that's obviously not happening.
2: Okay, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never spoken to Chris or, uh, anybody else involved in send and receive, but okay. I, I do usually attend their festival. So. I'll right.
0: Yeah. I was just wondering, I mean, if there was a, a larger community or if, of the music that you're working in, in Winnipeg, or do you feel like this is still sort of a for you a very isolated uh, singular experience?
1: Uh, it's it's not. I mean, it's not too isolated or anything. But Winnipeg is is small, so the the interest in in music like this is pretty pretty small as well. Right. And you know, send and receive has a pretty pretty good like you know, sound art community that's formed around it. But I don't don't know. I've never really considered myself a part of that. And as far as even, you know, just like noise shows and people who smash pedals and act crazy and stuff, there's not really anything like that either. So, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty pretty isolated.
0: Sure. Well, Sam, I'm going to finish uh, or start off this last uh, block of music playing something from Sargasso Sea which uh, doesn't come out on on Korea Undock Group it comes out on a fellow uh, Canadian label Summer Isle and I feel like your labels share a certain uh, there's a similar spirit to what you release and how you present the work and this is reportedly the last Sargasso Sea release is that correct?
1: Oh yeah Oh yeah
0: putting it to rest.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't do a project for for much longer than a few releases. I just get really bored.
0: Mhm. Do yeah. you kind of conceptualize projects around a, a very specific narrow range of sounds? Is that what sort of delineates these different projects?
1: Sometimes I mean like personnel for sure would define a project, but yeah, I mean depending on what I'm doing, I like to usually restrict myself to, to using specific gear. Actually, a big problem with Sargasso Sea was um, restricting myself to gear that I wasn't very good at using. <laughs> sure. So it started, it started to get really, really hard to record material for it just because it, there was so much... I rely so much on accidents for the project and for things to sync sort of accidentally mm-hmm. that, like you know, you can't rely on it. So then recording just becomes this massive headache.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to play <laughs> uh, a track from this one, uh, the closing piece, and it's called Closing of the Credit Union. And Sam, I want to thanks uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so here again is Sargasso C <laughs> from the release True North Square. And that's going to bring this episode to an end. I want to thank Sam once again for taking the time to chat with me for this show. If you'd like to find out more information about Korea Undock Group, you can find them at koreaundockgroup.tumblr.com. They also maintain a Facebook page if you'd like to check there too. If you'd like to find out the complete playlist for this show, you can go to our website at freeformfreakout.com. Or if you have any questions or comments, you can always get in touch with me at fffreakout at hotmail.com. Check back in a couple of weeks for a new episode. And as always, thanks so much for listening.